This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and I am still by myself. I'm going to keep saying that every single day for those of you who are listening for your first time. Normally, there are two of us, myself and Charlie. Charlie's in Italy, so I am bringing you guys some great interviews this week. Today's guest is Etienne de la Boitie Squared, and the book is Government, the Biggest Scam in History, How Intergenerational Organized Crime Runs the Government and the Media. All right, so this is a great, uh, it's great if you already are on the uh, the ANCAP side, the volunteer side, the libertarian side, and it's also a very eye-opening book for people who haven't thought about a lot of these things before. We had a great conversation about the ways that the government has gotten their hooks inside of everything. We talked about the religion of statism, which is always a, a really cool conversation. And then we talked about ways that we could actually solve some of these problems and how the free market is really the best solution for everything. I think you guys are really going to enjoy the interview, so I'm not going to take any more of your time. Let's get to it. All right, so I am I'm really excited to talk about this book, by the way. By the way, I want everyone to know who is watching, I've got this book right here government the biggest scam in history and before we get into the book uh, what i would like for you to do is to give me a little bit of background on your history and then some of your political philosophy uh, so we know where you're coming from when we're going through this uh yeah nate good to be with you and good to be with your audience and i guess if i could start out i'm a voluntarist author and by voluntarist i mean i don't believe that government is necess necessary desirable or legitimate and when i say it's not legitimate that you can never ever have a legitimate government because nobody can delegate a right they don't have themselves to a representative that nobody can be bound by a social contract they didn't sign and if democracy is wrong if my fiance and i vote to rob you because there's two of us and one of you, it doesn't matter if there's three of us or 10 of us or 250 million of us, there's no magical additional person that's going to take something that is wrong and immoral and make it moral just because the majority, you know, wants it to be so. And so uh, my thesis in the book is that government is a technique, a trick, a scam 
of inter, what I call intergenerational organized crime to legitimize having a ruler in the first place, to legitimize them getting to take your money, to legitimize something that's obviously illegitimate based on lies, theft, extortion, indoctrination, uh, propaganda. And so what I do is I, in, in the book, I expose that. And I do that in a very picture, image-rich, visualization-rich, media ownership chart-rich format where people that are visual learners, the majority of the population can kind of come to understanding on how this intergenerational organized crime system works and how they're robbing the population for trillions of dollars while controlling every screen through the monopolization of the media or what I like to call the algorithmic censorship of the DARPA internet. So we're, we've got a two to three dozen dominant platforms and we're controlling perception by controlling the information that you receive either by blacklisting, shadow banning, de-indexing, uh, uh, demonetizing, shadow banning, uh, you know, any of the other, the, of the kind of information propaganda tricks that are being used on the American people. Uh, I'm exposing those in this picture book that's designed to wake people up, take them from zero to 60 in the shortest amount of time. It's for your friends, your family, your coworkers, who you might have tried to explain what's going on but had problems. But if you give them a picture book, then they come to insight much quicker. And so I'm trying to wake up the world with, you know, a scientifically designed book to take somebody from zero to 60. Now, that, that is a very big task to accomplish, for sure. I mean, you've chosen like one of the biggest things to ever uh, expose or explain uh, in history. And what I want to know is, how did you get to, have you always had these political views? What led to you thinking that this, that believing that this had to be done? Uh, has this just always been part of your mindset? You know, no, I guess I, I mean, I, I kind of started off as a fiscally conservative Republican until I discovered, you know, libertarianism. And then I'm like, oh, you know, I heard Ron Paul talk to my college and I'm like, I've never heard a politician make so much sense. I guess I'm a libertarian. And from then, uh, you know, I worked at a libertarian think tank and I got to really, you know, dive deep into the ideas of liberty, Murray Rothbard, Mises, um, Henry Hazlett, uh, you know, I, like uh, uh, the list goes on. And so uh, I, I became a kind of deep, uh, you know, classical libertarian, classical liberal, uh, the, you know, the ideas of, of the market, of free markets, of, you know, market mechanisms like the invisible hand, spontaneous order, um, you know, that, that, uh, that, you know, having a good understanding of the market. And then finally, um, I kind of got a hold of Larkin Rose's The Most Dangerous Superstition. And then that pushed me over into volunteerism. And really, not just that the, the idea that the government is always illegitimate, you can't have a legitimate government. It's not a, you know, an intelligent way to organize society. It's not moral. It's not logical. It's got, you know, it doesn't deliver the goods. It doesn't protect rights. It doesn't limit government. And it is so easily hijacked by organized crime that it's just a dumb idea in the first place, regardless of what they told you in the mandatory government school, which is the other way they control perception is we're controlling the information you receive even through the, either through this monopoly media or we're controlling the instruction you received in mandatory government schools where we're going to, you know, foist on you uh, the idea that government is legitimate, moral, and necessary before you are old enough to understand the morality or the logic of that concept. So we're going to indoctrinate kids 
with statism in the schools and a hidden curriculum to ensure that they, number one, never hear of the idea that the world is a self-organizing place that produces spontaneous order and you don't really need government. They're never ever going to hear that, but we're going to use all the tools and techniques of a kind of pseudo-religion to, you know, indoctrinate it as a, as a religion in the population, we're going to have you go to the church school where the priest, the teacher is going to teach you the holy documents of the constitution and the bill of rights. And you're going to go on field trips to Washington DC Mecca, where they're going to take you into the cathedral of the Capitol that looks like the Vatican for a reason. It's and the Holy Land. The Holy Land, right. You're yeah. taking the Holy Land and you're going to go see the temples mm-hmm. and you're going to be in the shadow of the deities and it's going to be very hushed and reverent and you're going to go to a youth program and the youth program is going to put you in a uniform and you're going to learn hierarchical command and control and you're going to learn flag worship and you're going to learn how to salute the flag and crest the flag and you can't throw the flag away because it is holy and then there's you know explorers and young marines and dod starbase and all these other programs the government has to indoctrinate and create a class of order follower that will put their morality aside and either you know use violence uh in crusades against, you know, people of other colors and and other parts of the world, or will enforce the edicts, the commandments of this artificially indoctrinated religion using propaganda and control of information to make it seem like it's legitimate uh, to, uh, you know, rob their friends, family, and neighbors. And I'm talking about the monopoly police. So that's the system. And the book is designed to really, you know, take you through this picture, very information dense, you know, expose where it's executive summaries, but you've got hypertext links and a 16 gigabit flash drive that we call the liberator that backs up the book with all the evidence and documentaries and PDFs and, uh, you know, books on PDF and short videos and 1200 Liberty memes and truth music and just a whole ton of uh, additional content. Uh, I, one great thing, and I, I didn't expect to just jump right into a specific thing that's happened uh, this year, but I know th- this book does get updated, right? Like you do new new versions of the book. Is that right? I'm about to kick off uh, the fifth edition okay. where I'll add in information about the COVID, okay. who's behind the COVID, how they were able to engineer the COVID. I was going to say, you've got uh, so much on, new information. Foreknowledge of the COVID, the evidence of disaster capitalism from the COVID, and all the other ways that intergenerational organized crime and the media are working together to loot the population. This year, using the COVID, previous years using 9-11 and the manufactured engineered threat of uh, terrorism, which was the previous invisible boogeyman. Now we have the new invisible boogeyman of the COVID. And they get away with it again because of the monopoly control of the media and algorithmic censorship of the DARPA Internet. Uh, We're controlling perception by controlling the information the population receives in a way that with visualizations – 
you can make what was invisible visible. An example I give is you try to explain to your friends that there's only five or six media companies controlling hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries to give you the idea there's all these different information sources in society. They may or may not believe you, but if you show them the media ownership chart in the book where they can see that you know News Corp doesn't just own Fox News, News Corp owns 175 newspapers and magazines, major internet properties and, and film production and television production and television distribution and and satellite networks and then there's a similar chart for ABC or, or for um, uh, Time Warner and for you know Comcast and for others that are on that are controlling the information that the population receives then all of a sudden they're like oh I didn't understand that that was going on but because they saw it with their own eyes and because they saw it as a visualization you've now taken what was invisible to the population and you've made it visible. And now they have a better understanding, a deeper understanding of how the system works because they can visualize it. They can see it with their own eyes. They can see the, can, the hidden connections between the subsidiaries and the parent corporation that have, you know, are hidden because you don't realize that News Corp owns, you know, internet properties and uh, television production and television distribution and and 175 newspapers and magazines and satellite networks. But once you can see the ownership structure with your own eyes, boom, you come to that moment of insight on how the system works. I was going to mention something on the the religion, the religious aspect again. I know one thing that is going to fit really well right there in the beginning of your book, which is some something when you talk about the religion of statism, uh, would be what happened on January 6th of this year. And uh, not so much the inner workings of everything that happened, who organized it, who did all that, but the response that people have had. I, I'm sure you noticed that what happened at the Capitol is so much worse than the rioting and looting that took place in 2020 of, of people's personal property, right? And and the people that died over 2020. What you've seen, the response from the media, is that this was a, a temple that was desecrated. That's that's what I've noticed. Well, that that's part of it too. But I mean, they've divided up the population into these two large demographic groups, essentially urban liberals and rural conservatives with some, you know, crossover in the suburbs and in, you know, uh, other aspects of, of the culture creation. But for the most part, they've pitted these two against each other because they, you know, part of the strategy is divide and conquer. And part of the strategy is, um, uh, it's easy to uh, control the the best way to control the opposition is to lead it themselves. So if they have two different parties and they give everybody the idea that they can throw the bums out every four years, then that takes all of the pressure off of society to have you know real, real, real change because they give you this fake change every you know four years of just switching the same side of the mask. Government one, government two, control you one, control you two, blue control, red control. It's all control. It's not freedom. It's artificial freedom. And so what we're doing is we're exposing how that game is played and how the magician does the trick. Because once you realize how the magician does the trick, you don't get fooled by the trick. That reminds me what you were just talking about of a, uh, I'm going to botch the quote, but there's a Lysander Spooner quote about how a man is no less a slave because he gets to choose a new master once in a term of years, uh, something like that. And yeah. it sounds a lot like what you're talking about uh, right there. And when, you know, as we're talking about this, we're talking about how they are doing this and they are doing that. And what I, what I wonder about 
Um, is is this organized by people, uh, by actual individuals, or is this something that naturally happens when you set up a power structure like this? No, this is organized by what I like to call intergenerational organized crime. And by the way, I take that all the way back to monarchy. And so if you think of monarchy as the original intergenerational organized crime, we're taking your money or we're going to hurt you. Well, why do you get to rule us? Well, the divine right of kings, of course. <laughs> you know, and like once that wasn't playing anymore, uh, you know, they just developed democracy to trick the population with something that is inherently immoral and doesn't make any, it doesn't make logical sense and it produces the worst outcomes, but we're going to trick the population into thinking that they have a say in how they get ruled. But the reality of the situation is it's the illusion of choice. It's the illusion of, of you getting any kind of political, you know, self-determination of any sort whatsoever. Um, and it's easily hijacked by organized crime. So monarchy was very, you know, very, very happy to give the population democracy because they always knew that they would win, number one, because they've been working with the media since time immemorial. So they, you know, when there was only one printing press in the town, they controlled it. And that very, very, you know, that people knew that if you control the media, you control population, what they believe, the, you know, the, you know, essentially you can program them to degree like computers. And so it's been, or it's been, they've, it's been monarchy working with the media since time immemorial. It has been the, them having, you know, disparate campaign funds. They have unlimited funds versus their political popular, you know, competition. Um, they're willing to cheat. Uh, they're willing to use campaign finance law to bind the feet of third parties. They're willing to use black, unauditable black box voting machines to rig things. They're willing to, you know, uh, uh, use political assassination to remove rivals and whistleblowers. Uh, they're willing to cheat and so what do you expect? You're going to get robbed when you play in the crooked poker game. And so organized crime has set the rules of the poker game to where they're always going to win. You're always going to lose. And the whole thing is illegitimate on its face because, again, it's impossible to delegate rights you don't have yourself. It's impossibly bound by social contract you didn't sign. And democracy is two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner. And it doesn't matter if, you know, there's three people going along with it or 350 million people going along with it. It's never going to be moral. It's never going to be logical. And it's never going to produce the outcome that you want. So we have to abandon it in favor of the market, in favor of real freedom. And that really is the good news message of the book is we don't need government. Uh, we don't need government. Everything that government does is a monopoly provider of services. And everything that's legitimate, that's non-redistributive, would better be done by the free market, by nonprofits, by mutual aid societies, by real charities. That's the good news message is we don't need government. And more and more people are kind of understanding the way the market works, market forces, the invisible hand, uh, you know, uh, spontaneous order, and are realizing that, you know, that government's been a scam the entire time. And that is a revolution that's only going in one direction. Yeah. And uh, what I was wondering, I thought that this would be cool because I agree with uh, with everything you just said right there, but I'm still stuck on this hurdle right now. And I'm sure uh, this is probably a hurdle that you got over at some point in time. But so I, I've, I think I've said this a lot lately, but I subscribe to really the, the Ayn Rand version of government, which is that it would be funded voluntarily. 
mm-hmm. which is uh, I, if it's providing value. Uh, what's mm-hmm. funny is when she said this, I believe it was on the Phil Donahue show, she said this and people laughed at her um, because they knew well, that tells you everything. They knew that the government was not providing something that people would want to voluntarily give their money over to. The, it, was a, it was a joke to everyone in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, But what I wonder is even that wouldn't be enough, right? Because you would still have this authority figure over people, even if it were being funded uh, voluntarily. Would that fix the solution uh, or is the solution to not have that authority given to anyone? Well, I mean, so it depends on what the service is. And I agree with you that if it's worth money and it's worth something to people and it's providing value, then the people will pay for it. Um, A lot of what government does would be better done by the free market by, you know, I mean, there's still going to be roads, but it's going to, you know, if it's, if Walmart wants to build a new, you know, store, they've got to build the road to the new store or anybody that wants to build a new store has to build the road to the store, you know, whether that's a property developer, whether that's somebody that's throwing up a strip, you know, strip mall or a strip shopping center um, or a standalone business, that's part of the cost of getting into business. You know, nobody owes you a road. And so um, uh, when people are spending their own money and they're spending it closer to where the dollars are, you know, can be seen with the naked eye, uh, you're going to get a better quality road. It's going to last longer. It's going to be a lot cheaper because you're watching, you know, the homeowners association or the property developers watching every penny and they understand what it costs to build things, et cetera. Um, and you as the taxpayer are not going to pay for roads that you don't really use. And so you're, so it's, it's way more fair. It's more equitable. And, and because there is money and getting business done in the world, uh, the market will provide the solution. There's going to be police, but the police are not going to have rights that you don't have. The police are not going to represent some mythical government that just gets to use violence on you. Uh, the police have the exact same rights that you do because nobody can have rights that other people don't have because they can't be delegated or they can't be ordained or they can't be, you know, whatever the excuses that government gives itself for having rights that other people don't have. Um you have the right to protect your life and your liberty and your property, so you can delegate that right to ADT or West Tech or some other kind of, you know, Brinks or some other kind of private security company to provide security in your neighborhood or for your business or for your family or whatever it is. But when that guard arrives, he only has the same rights you do. So if you're being attacked, I mean, he can use deadly force and defensive view. Uh, but if you're having a poker game. He can't arrest you for something that's not a crime. If there's not a real victim, it's not a real crime. And so he's not going to have rights that you don't have. And that means there's going to be a lot less uh, racial and societal division because the police aren't going to be out there, you know, arresting people for things that aren't really crimes and causing the society to hate them and despise them and raise revenue. They're raising revenue on their friends and their neighbors with, you know, uh, taxation through citation. And so it would just change the world for the better and people would be dramatically, dramatically wealthier. They would have more money because they're not getting robbed by the government. They wouldn't be paying the hidden taxes of the government and they, and they would have a free market and money where you would have money that wouldn't be losing its value every year. You'd have money that would be gaining value every year as uh, productivity improvements and uh, innovations reduce the costs of producing and delivering the necessities and luxuries of life. I think people get really scared when you we talk about privatizing uh, 
everything, basically talking about privatizing everything because of the big boogeyman capitalists. And of course, we have all these stories of the robber barons and uh, all these monopolists that are going to come out there and control. But um, what about the government? <laughs> like, is that I mean, really the better? government is the biggest monopolist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the way that you get, you don't really get monopolies in a free market. You may get um, a temporary you know, market leader but the second that they, you know, because they have figured out a way to produce something faster, cheaper, or better, but the way that they get their dominant market position is by providing a good or a service that people want at the best price in the market. And then that leads to them getting lots and lots of business. And then that profit is the reward for them being the market leader in either service or price or whatever it is. Um, right now, you've got crony capitalism. It's giving capitalism a bad name where the people that are making money in the market are doing so because they're connected to government, they're getting bailouts, they're getting stimulus, or going along with the COVID, for example, the airlines are getting, you know, almost $100 billion for going along and, play, you know, playing along with the COVID. And so, uh, so now you're, it goes to defense contractors for weapon systems that we don't need for manufactured enemies that are also running government on their citizens. So it's not the Chinese versus the Americans or the Russians versus the United States. It's uh, the Chinese people are getting robbed by intergenerational organized crime using government as a technique on them, the same way that the American people are getting robbed by their local version of intergenerational organized crime that is using government to rob and control them. The enemy is government. They're, it's illegitimate. It's a scam. We're getting robbed. Uh, a good question would be for right now, what we've seen, you could go with censorship or you could go with even some of the COVID mandates. My question to you would be was, uh, do we actually have a private market? Because a lot of times the uh, the argument that we have uh, made before as well would be, well, if a private business wants to require this of people, uh, then how am I going to tell them what they can or can't do with their private property? Uh, or if uh, Facebook, uh, if they want to take someone off of their platform, then how can I tell them that they can't take someone off of their platform? I, I didn't make the platform. But do we still, are they actually private companies? Uh, I don't believe so. So um, one of the, so I mentioned that we back up the, everything in the book with a credit card size flash drive called the Liberator that you can get at government-scam.com uh, as well as get the book. Um, and you can download a free copy that's got 90%. It's called a preview copy that's got 90% of the information. You can see some of the visualizations I'm talking about. You can see the memes. You can see kind of the format and understand how we're doing what we're doing to wake people up. Um, but one of the articles on that flash drive is an article called How the CIA Made Google. And it goes into the specific DARPA programs, the Highland Forum that Google emerged from. And you realize that in my thesis is, and one of the things we're going to cover in the next edition of the book is um, uh, what I like to call these DARPA front companies. And we're going to, you know, we've had the internet, DARPA, I've got network maps showing they had the internet in 1974, dozens and dozens of of institutions connected in 1974. So they by the time they'd released it to the rest of the world, they had already understood that companies and the technologies, social media, Wikipedia, uh, Snopes, that they're going to have to control to control perception widely. And I believe these companies were given unlimited capital, a techno technological head start. 
uh, patents, you name it, because they're cheating to be able to widely control perception uh, on the DARPA internet. And so that's the thesis of the book. We have a ton of information and, and, uh, and, and uh, evidence supporting that thesis in this uh, credit card size drive we call the Liberator. There's a there, there's a weird situation here with um, let's say they want to remove someone from their platform and we're saying, well, they're actually a government entity anyway. Uh, but then we're also people who believe in volunteer. So maybe we don't think there should be a government uh, whatsoever. But then how do you solve the actual problem that we're talking about? This person was taken down. They're not able to post things. I'm going to use the government to force them to not take the off of their platform like a hat. How do you actually solve that problem? Well, I mean, you solve it with new platforms and you solve it. So, you know, um, uh, you solve it with new platforms. You solve it with open source, trusted technologies. You solve it with blockchain. There's a variety of ways that the market is, uh, you know, is solving the problem. And people are moving to platforms that they know are not controlled. And so there is a little bit of an arms race right here, but the market is solving the problem, not as fast as that I would like, but only because you've got these market participants, the banks that get the ability to create money out of thin air using fractional reserve banking as one of the, one of the kind of key legs of the scam. And that ability to create money out of thin air gives them the ability to buy up all of the companies that are willing to sell out to be able to continue to control, you know, uh, information. They bought YouTube. Google bought YouTube for $1.6 billion when YouTube had less than 100 employees. And I got time for one more question. I apologize. And then I, I've got to hop because I double booked myself. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's no problem at all. Um, the good thing about this is that you put some you put some actual liberty, I guess, liberty hacks in this book. And you were just talking about how the free market can actually solve this. And so I want to know is, uh, do you actually think that we can move in the right direction? Uh, can these problems actually be solved or are we just screwed? <laughs> Oh, no, man, I, we're, we're going to win this thing. I mean, so, okay. that, so that's the other kind of good news message of the book. And people are buying the book by the thousands all over the world. And so, I mean, I, like, I think that this is a global revolution of people that are, you know, awake or coming awake to the fact that government has been a scam. It's been the way that they've been robbing and controlling society. And you can't stop the signal in the information age. You know, um, you know, like if they turn off the Internet, that's why we've got the little credit card size flash drive so that we can just sneaker net the evidence of government's illegitimacy and criminality, you know, between ourselves, um, you know, we'll have mesh networks. We're going to, there is no way that they're going to be able to stop the signal. The truth will get through. And so, you know, it's a revolution that's only going in one direction. You know, once you can get it through to somebody that government is illegitimate, it is impossible to have a legitimate government. We can't even go there because it doesn't make sense. It's like wanting Santa Claus to solve all your problems. You're not going to get what you want out of it. You know, once somebody gets gets that idea through their head, then they don't really go back to government getting tricked by government A or government B or government blue or government, you know, red. Um, and also when you, when you understand how the magician does the trick in the media, when you see the media ownership charts, when you see the media organizational charts to understand how these companies that are ostensibly independent, uh, uh, companies are all, their activities are coordinated through a small handful of organizations. Once you see that, 
then you understand how the magician does the trick. And now you don't get fooled by the trick, whether the trick is COVID or 9-11 or, you know, handing trillions of dollars to the banks and bailouts and stimulus or whatever the, you know, trick of the week is. Uh, Once you understand how the magician is doing it, you don't get fooled again. All right, man, you're speaking our language. I think our listeners are going to love it. Once again, the book is Government, the Biggest Scam in History. Etienne, I really appreciate your time today. I'm going to let you get on to your next interview, and hopefully we can talk again soon. Thanks, Nate. And it's government-scam.com to download the book, the preview copy of the book for free. And you can browse all the content of the Liberator, including getting that article I mentioned, How the CIA Created Google. All right. Great, man. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Bye, guys.